Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Moving in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. It's probably been a good few months since you last stepped inside a gym. For some, it may even be a few years. For many people, the gym culture may not even be your thing. Some may think that working out is for the select groups that need to stay fit for their profession or just want to achieve some aesthetic goal. But what about for the quote-unquote average person? The truth is, physical fitness and overall wellness is absolutely critical to not only achieving some fitness goal, but for your overall health, which includes your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. My guest today is Carl Flores. Carl is a strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer, and he represents the collective Movement Society. And Carl has a background in dance. He himself came up within the dance community from being a dancer to ultimately even uh, directing his own team. So Carl is very familiar with the dancer's lifestyle from the grueling rehearsals to maybe even the lack of care in terms of preventative measures from getting injured and things like that. So having knowledge of being a dancer to understanding what sorts of injuries that dancers tend to get most commonly to understanding just the body in different ways. Carl has been able to take that knowledge and that experience into the realm of fitness. And he and Movement Society have a very unique approach to overall wellness. And from the most uh, basic needs of everyday life to the movements that we would do throughout the day, whether that's picking up our kids, carrying groceries, to the needs of the most top performing elite athletes. And they, they cover the entire spectrum of uh, creating programming and specific needs to cater to the lifestyles from, yeah, from the most average uh, lifestyle, again, to the most uh, top performing athletes. And what I enjoyed about this conversation with Carl is not only understanding the, the physical side of training. I myself um, have had personal sessions with him. And what I learned from those sessions is he doesn't approach fitness from a uh, just a basic one-dimensional perspective. He caters programming to the, the specific person. So for myself, him asking what my fitness goals were from how I want to perform to how I want to feel to ultimately what goals that I have, which may include performance as well as even aesthetics of what my fitness goals were in terms of how I want to look. So breaking down everything to what I'm doing uh, on the regular, what my sleep schedule is to what sort uh, what my diet is looking like and um, really tailor making a program that uh, fits not only the lifestyle that I currently live, but also the one that I want to get to. So a lot of that comes with uh, mental training. And I love the way that Carl breaks down mindset and the importance of being healthy mentally, um, which overall will be within the cycle of your overall health, which includes the physical side, which includes the mental and emotional sides of things. And he really gets into, um, yeah, the mentality in terms of their programming and what uh, Movement Society is doing 
his new program that he is starting up called Dancers Are Athletes, which uh, ultimately was birthed through what's going on right now in the world with uh, the pandemic that we're all uh, living in. And um, he talks about how um, that has uh, impacted the fitness and the health and wellness industry and how he uh, himself, as well as um, his, his collective, um, are shifting and pivoting during these times and being creative to still deliver the product and the, the programming that um, they would normally bring to their clients that they would do at a gym, but bringing it to the, the comfort of their own homes. And so I found it to be really cool to hear how he's shifting and pivoting as a, as a business as well. I think this this one we go we go kind of longer in this episode. Uh, I just personally had a lot of questions myself, as well as just a lot of the things that Carl unpacks. I think is very helpful. Again, more than just the the emphasis on just the physical stuff. I think the mentality. What I was getting from it is overall health, and not just being physically fit for the sake of just being physically fit. And I think he goes into, especially during a time like this right now, why overall health is so important. We had a fun lightning round at the end. Uh, we go a little bit longer in this one. And I think reason being is just a lot of the answers that Carl was giving. He uh, unpacks why he uh, thinks these things and why he values the things that he values. And I think yeah, just kind of unpacking the mentality behind it was uh, really cool to hear. And um, I think this is really inspiring for just anybody out there who is curious about fitness and creative ways to stay healthy during this time, uh, not only for dancers, but for everyone. I think there's a lot to be learned in terms of the mentality behind overall holistic health. And Carl does a great job of breaking down um, the benefits from being physically active and, and creating programs and goals for yourself. And I think there's just a lot in there. Another great, great episode, you guys. I think that's about it. Let's hop into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. And today, my very special guest is Carl Flores. Carl, welcome to the pod. What's going uh, on, man? For those who may not know Carl, Carl is a strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer representing Movement Society. Welcome, Carl. Thank you for hopping into the pod, man. Of course, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me. So for those that may not know Carl, Carl is, um, he is your favorite choreographer's probably go-to guy as far as... uh, (laughs) Uh, health and wellness and fitness goes. And what I appreciate about Carl is his unique approach to uh, the whole world of um, health, wellness, fitness, preventative care, that whole thing. And I think um, the way that you approach it is very unique because of your experience in dance. Um, And you come from the dance world and from the community as well. Right. For our guests who uh, may not know your background, can you give us a little bit of an origin story of where you're from, where you grew up, how you got into dance, the whole nine? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, So basically, the way it started was kind of of like sixth and seventh grade, you know, when like you would have like middle school parties and then like a good song would hit and then you would just kind of be the only dude. Like I grew up in an area that was like pretty diverse. Uh, but I was, I just happened to be one of the only like Asian kids in my class. 
And so like whenever a good song would hit, I would just like naturally, you know, find a beat, whereas everyone would just be like wallflowers. And so like, that's kind of how that whole thing started, like my interest in dance. And so um, throughout high school and stuff like that, I sought out like, you know, different like hip hop clubs or whatever. There was no like all male or anything like that where I came from. So it was a lot of just like, oh, this, this like hip hop thing will perform at pep rallies. And I was like, all right, side, I guess I'm about it, you know? So I just kind of like found myself and found my circle by like, you know, just following like my passion for the craft at the time that I didn't even know was a passion for the craft at the time. And um, yeah, man. So from that point on, uh, basically what happened was I, uh, I graduated high school, went to college. And then that's kind of when the whole like community world was like introduced to me. This is like 2007, 2008. And so, um, yeah, I uh, auditioned for this team called Barcada Modern and it's, they're based out of uh, Cal Poly Pomona. Um, so that's the team that I spent most of my time on, uh, for about two to three years. So this is like 2010, 2011. I decided to part ways with, uh, with that team at the time, just because like school was getting heavy and, you know, my parents were pressuring me to kind of, you know, make a selection on a career path, like traditional Asian parent, like type of setup where, okay, like, what are you really going to do with your life? And at the time I didn't really know, you know, I was just so heavy in the craft. I really loved it so much, you know? And so, uh, so after that, long story short, what happened was um, after I parted ways with that team, Barcada Modern, I eventually started uh, my own exhibition team that was called Hall of Fame with another gentleman named Neil Grecia from Common Ground. And so we started the team because we were getting older at the time, older, quote unquote, like 22, 23, right? What is that <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Um, but we had to spend most of our time studying, you know, preparing for real world stuff. And so like we based the team off of practicing only once a week. So that was kind of like our thing. And then I ended up directing that team for like four years. Um, so we've done a lot of like community stuff, like competitions, you know, around at the time, ultimate brawl, uh, vibe, you know, like that whole realm of things. And, um, so after that, um, basically my time ended on uh, hall of fame. And uh, so I started to think like my original pathway, at least what I thought of in school was going to be physical therapy. Like I was like, all right, so mom wants me to be a nurse. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't really, I didn't really fuck with the whole nurse. Sorry. Can I cuss on this thing by the way? Do you bro? Okay. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, bro. Uh, so I didn't really fuck with the whole nurse thing, by the way. So I was like, okay, how can I still be in the medical field? By like, because we still want to please our parents. There's like a certain right. complex of us that wants to please our parents, right? But still kind of do what I want that's involved in movement somehow. So I was like, okay, well then physical therapy sounds like intriguing to me. So I took all the classes, prepped work for physical therapy school. Um, and in order to become a physical therapist, you actually have to get your doctorate. You go to a program, uh, minimum uh, hours of experience, uh, letters of recommendation. You have to take the GRE, all of that stuff. So I did all that stuff actually. Um, but my GPA wasn't like high enough to be competitive. Uh, like my GPA was okay. You know, I finished off with like a 3.2, 3.3, which is totally solid. fine in my book. That's solid, bro. Solid, right? <laughs> yeah. That's solid, bro. But um, yeah, to be competitive in these schools, man, you're competing with kids who have like 5.0, you know, straight A's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I actually applied to PT school and I did not get in, like shut down immediately. 
And so right when that happened, this is about like 25, 26, like I kind of had a little crisis and earth, no, 24, 23, 24. And I kind of had a little crisis and I was like, okay, well, what am I really doing? You know what I mean? And so after that, I looked into certifications to, for like training, because at the time I was like going to the gym pretty consistently. And, you know, I was kind of like, this had been a thought like very early on, but it, I didn't never really hatched into an idea, uh, uh, like later on in life, it was kind of like, okay, well, football players have trainers, you know what I'm saying? Basketball players, baseball players, actually. Like dance is very much a sport, arguably, if not more so. I'm super biased though, by the way. Uh, but the movement patterns are so much more complex in dance, in my opinion, than like a golf swing or, you know, a basketball shot. Again, super biased on my side. But those, these were thoughts that were like really early on for me. Like, how come like dancers don't have trainers? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. So I just go back to training. And so I took a certification to become what's called a strength and conditioning specialist. Uh, it's a, it's abbreviated CSCS, a lot of like, um, D one football strength coaches, basketball coaches, like strength coaches have this certification. And so once I got that, I applied to this big box gym called Equinox. And, uh, so I got in fortunately, uh, through Equinox and, um, they told me, Hey, like, we really like all your physical therapy experience. Cause you've had all, all these hours of experience in hospitals, uh, outpatient clinics and stuff, stuff like that. So that's kind of how I started, like officially anyway, started my training journey. I've been unofficially training like friends, you know, my lady, you know, stuff like that. So I've been toying around with like movement, um, you know, programming for exercises, all that stuff for a while now. Uh, but my official training journey, I guess you could say, started at Equinox maybe four years ago. And um, so, yeah, I, uh, Equinox did a great job, at, you know, teaching me all the basics of training, like how to program, all that stuff. And then it really opened my eyes to like how broad of a spectrum it really was, you know, the fitness industry and training industry. I feel like sometimes it can kind of have like a bad rap because it has this like, Oh, it, it, like it can be almost like a meathead. Like, Oh, look at this buff dude. Like just like pumping iron in the corner. But in reality, it's more so like of a holistic, like wellness approach that is the key to like longevity, not only in like our class and sport and athletics, but also just in life. You know what I mean? Like there are, 40 year old moms who work with me and, you know, like 60 year old retired, you know, like corporate type people who just want to be strong and like be able to live life. And so, um, anyway, so I was at Equinox for a while and then, uh, that, that's when I started really digging into, okay, how can this stuff really like improve dancers? Because I had always, I had met going back to like what you were talking about earlier about how, like, how can we use our network to try and like better the things that we're passionate about? more so like the community because I've had so many conversations with people about like, yo, my back hurts after a while. I feel like my leg's not strong enough when I push. I can't hold a certain position after I do like multiple pieces in a row, like my conditioning is trash or whatever. And so I started really digging into that stuff by taking like multiple certifications and really finding and trying to figure out like, okay, what is the secret? You know what I mean? What, what can I do now that I'm kind of into this world to help the community and like dancers specifically? And so that's when I started like working with dancers around the community. And then, um, you know, one person led to another. And then I eventually started working with bigger names in the industry. Very fortunate enough to do so very blessed. And, um, yeah, man, that's kind of how it, and then I eventually left Equinox because, um, after a certain point, uh, my clientele was, uh, 
you know, stacking so heavily as an independent trainer rather than like my stuff at Equinox. I was just like, well, I guess I'll just make the jump. You know what I mean? And so I branched off of Equinox. Uh, I did my own thing. I teamed up with another couple of trainers who are very talented in the industry. And we created this thing called Movement Society, which is basically like a collective of trainers who use like um, science-based research to create programs to help people become better versions of themselves in their own craft, what, regardless if that's baseball, if that's, you know, being a lawyer, if that's snowboarding, if that's dancing. Um, so that's kind of how Movement Society was born. And um, yeah, man, it's yeah. just been, it's been a crazy ride ever since. And it's, it's been great. You know, I've that's been very dope. fortunate, very fortunate. Um, th there's something that I find to be interesting in um, even like you, you in terms of uh, the perception of just the whole gym culture, the whole, um, you know, working out culture. Let's not even go into gym culture yet. There, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, perceptions that people can have in terms of like, the people who are really into fitness, like some people may think like, Oh, well, I'm, that's not what I do for a living. So maybe that's not something that I really need to kind of, um, put a lot of my focus into. I mean, you mentioned, you know, from, you know, your athlete, your dancer to, you know, your lawyer, your, your stay at home mom, you know, there's there, it's all across the board in terms of, um, you know, lifestyles and stuff like that. So, um, can you kind of maybe, break down um, the importance of uh, having a lifestyle that is uh, that has a regimen of of training and whether that's to the the, the elite athlete level to the stay-at-home mom level like why is that um, important for people to have uh, a regimen that is catered to their lifestyle yeah absolutely well to break it down very simply it's like your life is very different from my life is very different from like our, our mom's life is very different from person B's life. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everyone kind of lives their life in their own way. And similar to how lifestyles kind of vary and differ in so many ways, our bodies are actually very different and they, they're put together very differently as well. So we have people who are six foot two people who are four foot 11. And so with that come different complications uh, and also depending upon what it is they do, how active they are, how sedentary their lifestyle is, all of these things play a factor into how to create an, an efficient program for somebody to help them, uh, become that better version uh, of themselves. And, uh, long story short, man, it's just simply put, we're all different, you know, like, don't get me wrong though. Like there are programs out there that are like, you know, six week tread or you know, whatever. And not to like talk down on this programs at all. If like, if that program gets you, gets your ass off the couch and it gets you moving and it gets you thinking in a, and it puts you in a mind state of living a healthier life, then great. That's dope. That's amazing. But there are like more strategic approaches. If you go down the rabbit hole a little more. And once you reach a certain plateau, you have to start thinking differently too. Mm -hmm. So like you, you complete your six week program, and now it's like, okay, well now I need a little, a little more extra oomph. I need like something a little extra to take me to that next level. And that's where like individualized, like custom tailored fit programs run by people who really know their stuff and have that science background can really come into handy and like can really take that person to the next level, regardless of what it is they're trying to do. If yeah. they're trying to run a marathon, 
if they're trying to, you know, uh, last through an entire set or, or, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to be a better like mom, like picking up their kids, like, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where that thing comes into play. So, uh, what would a session with Carl, how would that be different from, let's say your average personal trainer at like 24 hour fitness Equinox? Like what would a, an experience with you be like in comparison to the quote unquote traditional training methods? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that like, well, first and foremost, the assessment protocol that I run on someone first is pretty different from like uh, the average trainer, I feel like. First, I really dig, dig deep into like, when I describe training, I try to describe it as like a four pillar uh, entity or thing. So it's not only just the training. Uh, the training is only 25% of it, in my opinion. You have three other pillars that you really have to take into consideration. Number two is nutrition. Uh, number three is your sleep and recovery. And then number four is just your mindset. So where's your mental health at as well? Because I feel like if you're missing one of those things, you can't like effectively uh, get to your goals. You can like chip away at it and you will, there's a good chance you will see results. But unless you have like all four of those pillars like locked in and loaded, then I, I feel like it's extremely difficult to make progress towards what it is that you're trying to do. And I feel like that approach in itself is kind of what makes my approach like slightly different. And I'm not like, I'm not trying to like brag and be like, yo, I'm the shit. Like, but I do feel like I really care. Like, and I care about the individual and their success. Like regardless if you're, if you're like a nurse, like just trying to complete your job and take care of your patients. Or if you're like, you know, a high level, like athlete or dancer choreographer, or if you're like a music artist, or if you're like, you know, just a corporate, someone who works in their corporate office, like, I feel like the approach that I take, I feel like I truly care about the individual by trying to dissect all four of those pillars and utilizing all of those things and putting them in an effective program that is very specific to you. So if you need work on sleep and your training, nutrition and mindset, they're all great. And we're going to focus on your sleep for a little bit. Like, so our mm -hmm. session might be broken down into like 30 minutes of coming up with an effective strategy uh, by uh, alter, um, altering your sleeping environment. So that becomes more effective. And then we'll work on training. We'll still get you sweating. Mm -hmm. you know, we'll go do, um, you know, effective movement patterns, compound exercises, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so it's, it all comes down to like that four pillars and making sure like what, what are you lacking from mm -hmm. those four pillars? And like what you're lacking, like I said, would be different from what I'm lacking, would be different from, you know, the 40-year-old mom lacking, you know? Sure. So it's a very individualized approach. Uh, and it's like a, the term holistic gets thrown around a lot, but it, that's what it is. It's a very like holistic yeah. approach. Yeah. So I try to approach things from not just like training. I try to approach things from like, how well are you eating? Like what's your sleep and recovery like? Like how well are you mentally? Like I'm a huge proponent of like things like therapy uh, and mm -hmm. seeking nutrition advice. Um, and also just like different things to alter your sleeping environment so that all of those things put together can really yield like the best product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's really good. I, I like how you break it down into those four pillars. Cause you know, um, as you mentioned, if, you know, let's say you're, you're killing it in three of them, but like one of them's off, that means like 25% of your, you, you know, your wholeness could, could, could actually be improved, but you need to be able to identify. And it's like, um, you know, to be able to kind of compartmentalize, of course, there's different layers and, and like, 
um, different facets to even each of those pillars too. But if you can kind of like, you know, in a general sense, like, yeah, how am I resting? How am I active? How am I eating? Um, and then how is my mindset? You know, like if you can kind of just like be able to categorize even in simply just in those categories, you should be able to pinpoint like, Oh shoot, I'm actually lacking in that department. So we need to kind of focus on that. And I think that's cool because, um, you know, especially, uh, now with like, yeah, the, the, the health and wellness fitness, that market is flooded with programs to right. find a ton of things online. Right. Saturated, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like little package, like 20 minute workouts. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a fan of those. Cause like, you know, when I have only that pocket of time, I'm like, cool, let me just no, want a little absolutely. 20 minute thing. Yeah. I'm not knocking that at all. Yeah, like yeah, if it yeah. gets you moving and it gets you in the mindset of thinking about your health, then like, by all means do that. Right. I'm just saying like after a certain point, you might hit a plateau and you might need that extra level right. or that extra like um, set of eyes or expertise to try and propel you and propel your perform performance. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. Um, so again, so going back to the, um, you know, your approach and your mentality uh, from, from the mindset of somebody who comes from the dance community, who has done a whole a lot of performing yourself, um, putting in those grueling hours, probably getting injured yourself, knowing what types of injuries you're, you're getting and right. what a lot of, you know, the people around you, like the, the, the common things that dancers would normally get. Um, and you know, it's funny that you said like, as you were getting older, like you're 21, 22, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, when, when we're that at that age, I remember when I was like, you know, 20, 21, I'm like stretching, like, what's that? Like, that's a waste of time. Exactly. <laughs> you know? like, oh, yeah. Uh, like that's going to just make me that shit more. for granted, man. Yeah. We took that shit for granted. So, you know, let's, let's talk about that. So, you know, um, you know, for a lot of the, the listeners who may be kind of, you know, maybe right around that age, maybe a little bit younger or older, you know, in your opinion, why is, um, you know, these uh, regimented exercises or programming or just lifestyle that goes um, like outside of dance? So like, you know, when again, when I was dancing heavily during, you know, my collegiate days, my workout was my rehearsals. Like I'm going to, yeah. when I, when I go to rehearsal, that's my workout, that's my exercise. And then I'm done. And then like, yeah. but I do remember getting injured and like, you know, why, why is it taking me a while to um, heal or like, why do I keep re-injuring that same part? So, you know, in your opinion, wh why is it important for, um, let's say it's just specifically for the dancer to have a lifestyle that goes beyond just dancing as like their exercise, but to do things on top of that, um, which I want to get into like your pre pre preventative care, things that you can do right. to prevent injury to mm. actually strengthen and accelerate performance and things like that. Um, can you break down like what your mentality towards like the extra, um, extra programming outside of dance and why that's important? Yeah, man. So I think like, well, I can only speak for like, well, no, like I think like in the industry and like touring, uh, industry dancers as well, kind of experience something that community dancers have also experienced, which is like a very poor, like low key, unhealthy lifestyle. Like, sleeping is like gone out the door. Like we used to rehearse for like, from like 7 PM to like 4 AM. Like no know, knowing what I know now, it's yeah. like, why? Like if we're not getting a combo in like two hours, either scrap it or like, you know, let's move on to something else. Um, so that's number one. I definitely think like 
the fact that we can be overworked sometimes definitely takes a toll and that affects our like our cognitive ability to learn a new piece and to be able to remember certain cleaning aspects and angles of, of our hands and feet and, and head and neck and stuff like that. Um, so I think that is number, that's a, the first thing is kind of a, addressing the, the places where you're lacking. So if you're on tour, like one of like an industry dancer or something like that, then, you know, a lot of your, it, it's centered, dance can be centered around a culture of like clubbing, partying, like, music like turn up and stuff which is great for like you know like having friends networking having fun and all that stuff but like if you're trying to improve dancing itself dancing is a sport pretty much like the the amount of hours of rehearsal time what you're putting your body through you need recovery like you need to prioritize nutrition and if you're taking it seriously and you're really trying to be the best at that craft then you need to treat it like you know, you need to treat it like a sport. Like LeBron James, like does not turn up, you know what I'm saying? Like Kobe <laughs> did not, you know, like go out every night. Like he would like LeBron James talks about sleep in particular being one of the most like underrated performance enhancing drugs there is out there wow. just because like yeah. the amount of rebuilding and, and um, structural uh, things that occur within the body when you sleep, when you get a good, like decent amount of sleep, uh, can be game changing. Mm. And so I guess like going back to your question about like why it's important is because like we've all experienced it. Like we've been through rehearsals where fuck my back hurts. You know what I mean? Like, or rehearsals where like, damn, my, my, my right butt cheek is like <laughs> killing me today. Yeah, yeah. And like, so if you don't like strategically do those things to prevent those problems from happening, then in the long run, it affects your ability to dance and your ability to make money and your livelihood overall, you know? So like, I think it's really important to just take these things into consideration and just by having a mindset and just being aware of like what is happening is step one. Yeah. And then once you kind of build off of that awareness, then it's like, okay, what are some actionable steps I can actually do to try and fix the issues that I'm experiencing? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's kind of how it starts. So just treating it like a sport, you know, because you are an athlete. If you're a dancer, you're an athlete. It's, honestly, bro, I'm going to take that back. If you have a body, you're an athlete. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you are doing, like, athletic things all the time without realizing it. If you are, like, outside taking your dog for a walk and you're playing fetch with your dog, you're running around, you're running. Like, you are doing an athletic activity that can be enhanced through, like, strategic programming, through sleep, through nutrition, and just having a healthy mindset, bro. And, like, Sorry, I can just go on and on about this. Shit yeah, because, like I'm I love just such it. a huge proponent of it, man. Yeah, you know, I, I love. I mean, first of all, your passion uh, for it is um, it makes sense because of what you've chosen, you know, to do as a career. And I think um, your emphasis on yeah, the the importance of treating your body um, essentially it's it's a machine, right? If you maintain a machine well, it will yeah. it will last longer. It will perform Absolutely. better. And then conversely, if you don't treat it well, it'll break down and it'll malfunction. Yep. You know? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, as you talk about guys like Kobe and, and LeBron, I mean, um, and, and let's even look at like so many elite athletes like Jordan, like they were at their peak performing years in their former years, you know, like in their thirties, you know what I mean? Where you would yeah, think, absolutely, like, Yo, bro. You're, you're old, no, it's time to up. turn it, you know, it's time to turn it in. LeBron James, bro, what, year 17 right now or whatever? 
He is running the league still. I mean, granted, I mean, I hope he wins the championship. There's a, I don't know, Portland's looking pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, he is like running the league low-key. Yeah. And he's like gray hairs, you know what I'm saying? But I remember reading this somewhere, like he invests at least like a million dollars into like recovery techniques, like cryogenics, uh, you know, um, Normatec compression. Like granted, we don't have access to those resources, sure. yeah. but we can take like small steps to try and, you know, improve our, our daily living by doing things and putting our health at the forefront of our priorities. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said about that, even if it's not about, um, you know, cause I know that not everybody's out there like, yo, I'm trying to be the LeBron of dance, you know, but yeah, right, uh, right, if, right. You've, if you've chosen this career path, um, I'm sure you want to be able to do it for a while, <laughs> right? Like at the very exactly. base level, like if I've chosen this, I don't want to only have like a, you know, five to 10 year lifespan. Like I want to do this 20 plus years if, if, if this is what I've chosen to do. Exactly. So exactly. Even for the, the sake of having longevity in, in doing it, like to be able to continue. I mean, like myself, dude, I've been in the game for 20 plus years. And bro, you know, <laughs> perfect example. And you and, are a perfect example, bro. <laughs> like you have put, like we've worked out together. I've trained yeah. you before. Like you put your fitness and well being like at the forefront and it shows. Like you're still around, like relevant, like doing things, you know what I'm saying? And not, not just relevant, like succeeding and like still being like one of the top level choreographers, because I feel like something like may have clicked and like, you just put this stuff at the forefront uh, and, uh, and it shows, you know? I wasn't doing that to fish for compliments, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, there's, there's old guys in the game right now that are really killing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on, like on the real though. So yeah, speaking of the training, like the, the sessions that I had with you, I think what I really um, appreciated is just like you said about you uh, taking a personal approach to me in terms of like, what sorts of uh, things do I find to be valuable in terms of my style of movement? You know, like what, what sorts of movement do I kind of naturally do? What do I want to be able to improve in? Whether it's like footwork speed, is it balance? Is it uh, right. agility? Is it endurance? Is it stamina? You know what I mean? Like where are my common injuries? Like how are my knees? Like, you know, what sorts of things do, do I find to be like kind of our like chronic? So you kind of just did this whole assessment of uh, like yeah, my, exactly. my lifestyle and, and then also what my goals were, right? Even from like, mm -hmm. how do you want to feel to how do you want to look to you know what I'm saying? So there's like, you, yeah. covered, you covered the whole spreadsheet of like what, um, what I, what I am to what I value to what I want to become, you know? Yes, exactly. And, um, so in, in my session with you, like I was at your, your gym and I know like you got a team, you got a team of people that, um, all kind of specialize in, in similar things yet different. And you know, that, that collective movement society, right. Mm -hmm. Um, can you kind of, uh, give us a, um, a little bit of a, uh, an understanding of what movement society is and like kind of the, again, the unique approach that you guys have towards um, strength and conditioning and wellness. Yeah, exactly. So simply put like movement society is a group of trainers who try to use like science-based research to develop programs to help people become better versions of themselves and the craft that they want to succeed in. So whether that be um, jujitsu, whether that be snowboarding, whether that be dancing, whether that be just living a long and healthy life. Uh, these are the things that we prioritize and we try to use 
all the knowledge through the degrees and the certifications and the colleagues and networking uh, of other professionals in the industry to try and obtain as much knowledge as we can to try and, you know, use that stuff and like funnel it and make it understandable for our clients and the people that we work with so that we help set them up for the long game. You know, uh, in our eyes, it's, it's all about longevity. Like how can we help you sustain this, this, this high level of like living and just well-being and whatever it is that you want to try and do. And so, uh, the specific things that we kind of specialize in at the moment right now, uh, dancing first and foremost, uh, we work with a few uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters as well. Um, and all the way to the other side of the spectrum to nurses, uh, lawyers, we work with photographers, a few music artists. Uh, we're very fortunate to work with a broad spectrum of people, but no matter who you are or what industry you're a part of, we have a very like unique approach in terms of how we assess you. Like, like you explained before, we take the individual and we break it down like on a super detailed level. So we try to see um, kind of based off those four pillars that I was talking about where you're lacking and what we can do together to brainstorm ideas to help set you up for success. And on top of that, just going to get a pretty good workout out of it too. And properly strengthening the things that we need to strengthen, work on the things that we need to work on and just help you develop as an individual and a fully functioning like human being. That's dope, man. Um, you know, so again, when you, um, kind of were working with me, uh, you know, like I, I, I do my own workouts. I've been kind of like on my own fitness um, journey for years and years now. And right. um, to be honest, when I went into my training session with you, I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder like if this is going to be legit or if this is going to even like be hard. <laughs> this is going to be, you know? I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of do this. I kind of whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. Each time was like, dude, you kicked my butt. And <laughs> but it's to the point where... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of one of those weird people that, um, I find some weird enjoyment out of like getting my butt kicked in that kind of way. Oh, and then, you know, there's, the same language, bro. Yeah, the like, same there's that little mental switch that you're like, Nope, I'm not giving up, you know? And like, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna push. <laughs> and, um, but you know, after each session, as much as like, I'm dead, I'm just like, yo, this was like the best thing. And I'm like, I can't wait to come back. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. Um, I think uh, that itself, you, you like, of course, you're already getting the physical stuff because you're pushing your body to its limits. But there's also a mental thing that's happening too, kind of like this sort of weird rewarding thing that like, oh know, my the, God, the yes. dopamine levels that get released, that, yes. you know, just on a mental level, you're just like, yo, dude, I'm, I'm ready to kind of take on my day and, and go do whatever else oh my I God. do, you know? Honestly, bro, like I have, I have never, ever like worked out in my life and then at the end of that workout, I said, wow, I really regretted that I did that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. really hate that I worked out right now. Yeah. Like 100% of the time, bro, I always feel better. Like yeah. whether that's like mental clarity or like just a sense of accomplishment, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. honestly, bro, I always say this, especially for like my older clients, exercise, health and wellness. These are the closest things to the fountain of youth that oh, we yeah. have discovered as 100%. a human race. Yeah. So if you want to combat aging, like skincare, you know, sure, eye cream, you know, get those <laughs> wrinkles, but exercise, oh, yeah. work out, eat well, sleep well, 
it's honestly much simpler than we think. I think we just kind of complicate things because like, like our society is so like work heavy, like, you know, grind, 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 like, which is great. You know what I mean? But on the same token, you do have to really prioritize yourself, you know, yeah. like, like, how am I feeling? Like, am I eating? Okay. Like, what's my slick? Like, I feel like the people who sleep like three hours a day, like four hours a day, like, yeah, you're getting a lot of work done, but in terms of longevity and in terms of like long game, like how well is that going to work out when you're approaching 60, 70, 80, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to be around for a long time. I want to meet yeah. my grandkids, you know, like I want to meet my, my kids, kids, and I want to be there and up and running and play with them, you know? So yeah. it's a, it's, it's a long game. And that's, yeah. that's what, what I always try to put um, in people's heads. Absolutely. Um, so your program dancers are athletes. So you've been, uh, you worked out this programming and obviously we are in a, Unique time uh, in yeah. 2020. We are living Italy, through yeah. a pandemic, and um, you know a lot of things are happening on so many levels. And um, you know, let's just you know go towards or focus on your industry in particular, right? So, um, you know, the health and wellness, the whole gym industry, I know has gotten hit really hard or gotten hit really hard. And um, you know, for yourself, I know that you are pivoting. You know, and it's not about um, uh, sticking to the old methods. If something doesn't work, you got to figure out a new way because at the end of the day, the product and the necessity for health and wellness, that's not going away, you know? So it's yep. just a matter of uh, finding new and creative ways to deliver that. And so you have this new program, uh, Dancers Are Athletes. Can you kind of explain yes, what that what that is? Yeah, of course. So the dancers or athletes program originally started as how can I help dancers become better at what it is that they do? Because pre COVID I was already working with multiple dancers to do this stuff already. And so COVID hit and then I was like, okay, well maybe I can take this online somehow and try to, you know, spread the word and, treat um people like in multiple areas multiple cities by programming this as, as best i can anyways uh the how can i provide an individual program for that person while also adding something unique by bringing in like some of the well-known choreographers that i'm fortunate to train and have them come in and like explain their own journey you know like their own trials and tribulations what succeeded what didn't like what are the lessons that they've learned along the way so that the people that are a part of this program can hear and implement into their own lives so that maybe they can avoid some of those mistakes or use those uh, golden nuggets of information and develop their own career in their own way. And um, I feel like something that's unique about the Dancers or Athletes program, which we're launching our beta class, by the way, uh, August 30th, if you're interested um, in listening, um, Something that I find uh, unique in that what we're trying to do is we're trying to educate, first and foremost, the community, the dance community and industry as a whole on like health and wellness and what to do to be better. And number two, like we're trying to empower the individuals as well by educating, by providing programs to strengthen and condition, by improving agility, by improving endurance. Uh, another thing too we want to use those tools to enhance their performance overall, both in life and in dance specifically. And we do that by providing like science-based movement guidance through our programs. 
And um, yeah, man, I think it, it's a great program if you've ever been, a, been fortunate to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, man, we just bring on a bunch of dope and amazing choreographers to come speak uh, their whys, their truths, what worked for them, what didn't, so that the modern and current dancer can take those golden nuggets and just use it to improve their own life, you know? Got you. Is there, is there um, like a cap to how many people you take in per like round or is it like how, yeah, how can people kind of, um, yeah, how are you taking yeah. students? Yeah, of course. So initially uh, the, my first class, I originally set it at 15, but I got such an overwhelmingly positive response from it that I ended up taking 25. Uh, this round, we're looking for 30 individuals who are interested uh, in being a part of this program. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, looking for 30 individuals. Dope, right dope. All right, for anyone out there who's listening, register. It's legit. We it's already, legit. We already have uh, 10 people locked. Okay. So I guess 20 remaining now. Yeah. 20 remaining now. That's dope, man. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJASPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic brand. Um, speaking of like on the, the industry side of things, business wise, you know, um, again, as I mentioned, you know, the gym industry has definitely taken a hit. Um, in your opinion, Absolutely. how do you feel like things are kind of shifting um, whether that be, you know, temporarily or maybe indefinitely or permanently in your opinion, in terms of the industry, um, like the gym industry, things like that, how do you feel like that's changing? And then, um, I guess part two of that question would be, how are you shifting as a, as a business? I mean, you yourself are a business, you know, so how are you shifting in light of where you think, uh, things are kind of going in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think there are pros and cons to the situation, you know? I mean, I try to be like pretty optimistic whenever I, you know, approach any like difficult situation in life. And I feel like this is kind of one of those things because like pre-COVID things were great. Everyone's going to the gym, you know, business was great. And then COVID hit, gyms shut down. And so I think to answer your question as an industry, I think online training and like programs and um, doing sessions with the trainer virtually is something that's going to stick around for a while because there are a lot of people out there who suddenly have to work from home and people have these working at home um, situations that have extended from September all the way to 2021. 
some even all the way until like spring of 2021. And who knows like how much longer that thing is going to last. And so people have established like this, this um, almost new normal of kind of working at home. And so another new normal is just kind of getting your workout in at home too, you know? And so I train a lot of people in the comfort of their own home, like based on the equipment that they have. And uh, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, I think like, as in it, like myself, I've, I've been very fortunate in that uh, I've, I've successfully adapted from all in-person training to like maybe like 10% of my clientele now is either like in person or, you know, at like a park or their house or some sort of meetup like that. And uh, the remainder is either online and virtual. And on top of that too, something that became born out of this entire situation was the dancers or athletes program. And so like this program would have never been born if like, you know, COVID did not hit and it forced me to adapt. And so um, I was just very fortunate to uh, find different ways. Like I was forced to find different ways of success because I feel like uh, that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? Um, granted, everyone is struggling right now. Like everyone is struggling. So you have to figure out ways to kind of like be compassionate about like their situations and like figure out how do you use what you're good at to help people become better at what they're good at? You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. um, I've been very fortunate just to, you know, success. like, bro, I will say though, I'm fucking exhausted. I'm tired, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot on the mind. Like, well, first it's like, you know, pre like COVID and then the whole, the whole like black lives matter movement, like that entire thing just, mm -hmm you know, is taxing itself. This is as a society, you know, yeah. and trying to think of like say ways you can help and what you can do as an individual, but it's not a, it's not a battle for yourself. You know, it's a battle like as a community, as a society. Yeah. And then on top of that, like uh, multiple people like losing their jobs and losing loved ones to this crazy disease. And also like navigating your own path, like as a business owner. So it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like you have to be compassionate um, towards others in these situations as well. And like I said, using what you know to help others become better at what they know. You know? Absolutely. Man, you said a lot in that, that I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, um, you know, first of all, you figuring out a, an opportunity in a time where op like things are stripped away. When things are stripped away, you can look at it as, Oh shoot, like some, something is gone and you can look at what, what's not there anymore or because something is gone, you can ask yourself the question, is there something new now? You know, because Absolutely. something's not 100%. here, what else is here? You know what I'm saying? And, and I think as um, any business uh, owner or an entrepreneur or anybody who um, thinks in the, in the way of um, opportunities are around you everywhere it's, all the time yeah all the time and it's just a yeah. matter of you you looking for them and you figuring it out and um ultimately creating them too you know like yeah an opportunity is mm -hmm. not always going to present itself to you on a silver platter so yeah i think you know you you saying like you know had it not been for covid dancers or athletes would not have even been a thought but you know you looked at the situation of like okay um, I can't do this, but what can I do? What, what are, what are people now looking to, to, 
to find their fix for the thing that they would have found, you know, doing it in this way, they're still going to try to find it in another way. So how can I, how can I facilitate that need and for you to be able to think on that level and then, you know, find it and then uh, create something and then, you know, be able to package it where people be like, that's it. That's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to find. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, another thing that you said that I think is so important, um, is yeah, it's so important to recognize, I, I love your honesty of like, yo man, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm working, but dang, I'm exhausted, you know? And I think that's, <laughs> bro, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but that's so important to recognize too, because the truth is this is an exhausting time, you know? And it, is. Um, it really just, is just because, uh, you know, let's say work isn't as, you know, plentiful, as maybe it was before or, and like, you know, we're not able to go, um, you know, decompress in the ways that we would normally do by going out and hanging out with friends, going to a movie, absolutely, going yep. to Disneyland or whatever it is that you do to decompress. So you may think like, man, you got nothing but time on your hands. So like, what are you so exhausted about is like that thought itself of un being unable to do the normal things can be discouraging. It's, and it's it, mentally taxing. It absolutely. is very taxing. And I think that's why, um, you know, it's so important to address the, the mental, like the, the importance of mental health. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, you know, just to kind of even like circle it all back as we were even saying, you know, maintaining physical health helps your mental health. You know what I mean? Because oh, bro. It's yes. the, the reward yes. system. It's like, you know, your mind knows you're doing something that's good for yourself and mm -hmm. you're, you're self rewarding in, in a, exactly. In exactly a way, in a way you know so um yeah man I, I think it's so dope um how you're looking at um what's going on in the world you know in the world around all of us and finding ways to still deliver um the same things that people uh need and that they're looking for and then finding creative ways to to deliver it and maybe even more effectively, you know, like it, it, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, like you know? not everybody feels comfortable, like going to the gym and like yeah. on other people working out. Exactly. But if, if I could do it in the privacy of my own home, you know, mm -hmm. um, I don't need to get in my car to go anywhere. I could literally just like click, click, right. click, log on yeah. and then get to work, you know? And it's almost, it's almost like there's even less of an excuse now to absolutely. like get to it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. Um, so with that in mind, uh, all those things said, man, I think you, you have a, you know, your mentality towards, um, obviously health and wellness is, you know, very much up there. You know, you as a business, you're evolving and you're learning how to pivot with what's going on around, around you. Um, you know, so as a businessman, as, um, you know, uh, uh, an athlete yourself. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you have so many more, um, you know, dreams and plans to expand and continue to grow. Um, so with that in mind, the concept of success, you know, everybody wants to be successful. They want to be able to say that they've made it, whatever that means. Um, how do you personally define the concept of success? That's a loaded question, bro. That's a great question. Um, well, like, okay, I'm gonna go, I kind of have like two definitions. First and foremost, like it sounds really cheesy, but as long as you're happy, bro, like at the very end of the day, if you just truly enjoy like what it is that you're doing, like as your occupation, then like that's kind of a win in itself. 
And almost like the money that comes in from that occupation is just like a byproduct of like, you know, cause like the true value in, in that is like a sense of fulfillment and a sense of purpose. So I think that if you find that thing, like hold on to it, you know what I'm saying? Like it could be like a garbage man. It could be, you know what I'm saying? Like the next like president, like whatever, I think whatever you, you should first find like what really makes you happy and really think about it, you know, cause, and it takes, it's trial and error too. I thought that my route, like I was supposed to be a physical therapist. I thought that that was my thing. Like I want to mm. be a physical therapist. I'm going to go do my thing. And like that thing got stripped away and then it really made me rethink. So like, and fortunately I was able to stumble upon this entire world of training and stuff. And this is what, this is what really fulfills me and what really like it makes me feel like I'm contributing something positive to the world. I think that that number one is like, should be first and foremost on like what success is to you. Now, in terms of like, you know, on like a much like lower level, like uh, in terms of like, um, you know, development in the career and the industry, uh, I would love to eventually, well, first and foremost, like open a gym, open like a space. Obviously right now, now is not the time. <laughs> um, we are, uh, you know, we're doing what we can, but, uh, like I said, it's a very interesting time right now. So we're just, we're just, uh, taking it one day at a time. And then number two, like, I think something that I would like to eventually do is like, you know, kind of be a, a professor or like a mentor, um, to other people who are trying to be this, you know, because I feel like if I had like a mentor or someone to help me navigate this complicated path, then it wouldn't have been like as hard, you know? And so, um, that's what I would like to be eventually. But to kind of answer your, your question, the more I think about it, man, the more it's just that first thing. It's just like, well, one, just being happy, what it is you're doing. Number two, it's like, is your purpose in life like really being fulfilled? And number three, like, are you helping others, um, through your abilities, you know, like, are you helping others seek out their own happiness? You know what I yeah. mean? And, um, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, um, at the end of the day, that's it. It's not cheesy at all, man. I think, um, you know, as you say, your own personal happiness, like, are you, are you enjoying what you're doing? So many exactly. people can't say yes to that question. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, like making, making thousands of dollars, like yeah. $150,000 and they're miserable. Like exactly. what, what life is that at yeah. the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, um, you know, fulfilling your purpose and then, and using that to serve others. Like, I think that that's a, a great, like circular combination there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Understanding like what you're, what brings you joy. Um, and then are you able to share that with others to serve their needs as well? you know, cause then yeah. they're going to in turn, um, share that in their circles in it. And it's this cycle, you know, so absolutely. absolutely. I love that. Contagious. Yeah. You know, I love it. Cool, man. Uh, I want to do a lightning round with you. You want right, to get it. We always finish off with a little fun lightning round. So, okay. Fire off some questions. Got to come off the top. Here we go. Lightning in <laughs> three, two, one. What's your favorite food? Oh shit. <laughs> why is this one always the hardest one <laughs> okay i feel like i go through phases low-key like i kind of uh, go through phases okay. um right now bro i just had 
Honestly, bro, like in and out just comes at the top of my head. Okay. Like an in and out, double double, grilled onions, fries. And if I'm like in treat yourself mode, then I'll get like a vanilla shake. Ooh. That's, that's a fire ass meal. That no, is a training. fire meal. That's my trainer hat is off right there. Yeah, you know? dude. That, like, <laughs> I love it. You work hard so that you can get that treat yourself Bro, in and out, right? If that is your purpose yeah. to work out, then go. Yeah, you know, go there's nothing it. wrong with that. Uh, I dig it. Okay. What is your go-to quarantine snack? My go-to quarantine snack? Uh, I'll go healthy and unhealthy. Uh, I always get berries, like raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries. I fuck with berries. I love okay. berries. Okay. Um, and then my unhealthy snack, <laughs> my unhealthy <laughs> go-to, um, you know those uh, purple bagged Hawaiian chips? Uh, fuck, what are they called? I don't oh, know. Oh, like sweet, sweet onion Maui yes. chips? Yes. Fire chips, bro. If, bro, you want, if, if you want new chips to add to your chip rotation, yeah. those chips. Dude, I, I approve on your food choices, man. I dig it. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, my guilty pleasure. I've been, I've been on this new video game for a minute called The Ghost of Tsushima. Like okay. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sixth and seventh grade, bro. I was big in a video game. Like I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Like if esports was a thing back then, I would have been like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> You'd be killing path. the esports we, game. We would not be having this conversation <laughs> right now. I would have never met you. you know oh, I don't uh, know. Maybe we'll be talking about gaming. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, like low key, I think like going back to that whole pillars of health thing, like I think it's important to know when to like pump the brakes too. Because this <laughs> my, like work can become my life, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it could be the same for you. So same. I think it's important to seek those things that like that are like low key guilty pleasures. Hell and, like, yeah, dude! I fuck with video games, man. Like I love Call of Duty Warzone. I love like this game Ghost of Tsushima, God of War. Like I'm all about it. Assassin's all right. Creed, all, right. all that stuff. All right, so Carl's a low key gamer. All right, cool. <laughs> low key, man. Low key. What is this? Might be a funny question, but what is your favorite workout? Like, what do you love to do? Like, what's your, like, your, oh, man. Love, I love doing this. Like, okay. <laughs> There's, like, like exercise specifically or, like, activity to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, let's hiking, say. Swimming or, like. Maybe, like, working out a, like, a type, like, whether it's cardio, whether it's working out a muscle group. Um, yeah. Okay. I, and whatever you want to define that as. Okay. Okay. Like, for instance, for me, it would be, like, running. I love running. So, I'd be like, oh, oh okay. running, you know? Got it. Uh, recently, I've been really into cycling. Um, okay. I don't know if it's the quarantine that just, you know, forced us to really get into it. But I've recently been really into cycling. And in terms of exercises specifically, um, if I had to do, like, three exercises for the rest of my life, one would be the kettlebell swing just because there's so much benefit from what you get out of that exercise. Well, all three of these actually, uh, the second one is called a Turkish get up, which is also done with the kettlebell. Um, and then the third thing is a push up. like those three exercises. I feel like, bro, if I had to do three exercises for the rest of my life, I'd be totally fine doing that. That's it. Those are all very like functional moves that we would need to yeah. do in our day-to-day -day lives. Right. Yeah, Makes sense. absolutely. Makes yeah. sense.
Long game, man. You got to think long game, you know? Long game. What's long your game. least least favorite workout? What do you hate doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, low-key, like, I low-key, I'm not a huge runner. Like, I okay. low-key, so I was, before COVID hit, like, I was training for the Nike half marathon, uh-huh. and then, like, I don't know, like, I really got into running, and I was like, okay, I could do this, I could do yeah. this. And then, like, I was running, like, four miles at a time, seven miles at a time, building my way up nine miles at a time. And then COVID hit, and then half the time got canceled. And now I run, like, one mile, and I'm like, fuck this, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, man, like, I'm good. <laughs> Dang, 2020 canceled running. <laughs> running is canceled for Carl in 2020. Okay. <laughs> all right all right cool that's what's up i still Um, run though you know yeah okay um this may be uh, you may have already answered it with your favorite workout question but what would be one health tip that you would give like the average person the average joe like one tip one uh doesn't have to be a workout but like hey okay make sure you always do this i will give two can i get two yeah okay so first like sleep take a look really look into sleep um sleep bro is the most underrated pillar of health i'm telling you and it is a game changer when you get a good amount of sleep Mm -hmm. a good amount of sleep and a tiny bit of coffee bro and your day is set in my eyes um okay but by doing things like adjusting your sleep environment, you really have to dissect like how you associate the bed with like what it is that you do, you know, like, mm-hmm. so if you're a scroller in bed, then your mind starts to associate, um, you know, scrolling. And so like naturally your body will try to be awake and be aware of what is happening. Whereas if the sleep is, uh, sorry, if the sleep, if the bed is just meant for sleep, then you are more likely to fall into those sleeping patterns more quickly and more effectively. Uh, number two is I follow this 80-20 rule when it comes to nutrition. Um, so something that I kind of figured out recently, and I'm kind of testing out with new clients right now, and it seems to be working pretty well, is like I said, this 80-20 rule. So if you have seven days in a week multiplied by three days per, what am I saying? Three meals per day, that totals out to 21 meals in a week, right? So 80% of that is roughly 17 meals. So on my phone, I have two columns, 17, one through 17, and then uh, four. So basically the difference from 21, right? So 17 meals, I keep healthy. Mm -hmm. I eat well, I do right, you know, but I'm human too. Everyone's human. People want to fucking snack. They want to, you know, like, and that's totally like, you have family gatherings. Like you're not going to turn down your mom's freshly cooked, like, you know, meal that really hits home for you because like you're trying to stay on your diet you know like so i dissect my meals into those categories 17 and four because that gives you leeway to sprinkle out those cheat meals throughout the week Mm -hmm. and so i've i've found that psychologically it's a lot easier to handle and it's a lot healthier too mentally because Mm -hmm. you're not like beating yourself down you're not like oh like i fucked up you know like god damn like why'd you do that that type of thought process is harmful to the body and it affects how you proceed day to day that was a super long answer so sorry no but it's very uh i get why i get why you you have that though so that's good that's good what is your biggest pet peeve (laughs) 
my biggest tip is really stupid. <laughs> when I go, well, when I could go to like a coffee shop or something like that, or like a restaurant, if a table is not, oh yeah, if it uh-huh. wobbles, bro, like my girlfriend knows this, like when I get to the table, like immediately, like she'll start talking about the menu or something. I'll be like, hold on one second. I have to get my <laughs> napkin and like create a little thing yeah. so that it does not, I don't know why, but for some reason that like get bugs the shit out of me. I like, get it. I cannot, I cannot have an enjoyable experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no, no wobbly tables for Carl. All right. No wobbly tables, man. What is your most memorable dance moment? Oh my God. Wow. I gotta, I gotta go back in the archives for this one. Um, when I started hall of fame, um, I think one of the most memorable moments in dance was probably our first performance. So just because like, it was like validation in some sort of like an idea started off in your head and you really worked hard to gather people and get people on the same page and buy into what you are doing and what you believe in and working hard to put a set together. That shit is not easy, by the way, that shit is so hard. Like choreographing multiple pieces, right? Figuring out the order in which it would make the most sense of the presentation, effective transitions in between. You got to go back and mix the thing. You got to clean the pieces, right? It's, you know, this is a whole ass process. Yeah. And so after the very first performance that we had, it was kind of like, it was such a, like an overwhelming, like, sense of like, wow, like it, it sounds cheesy, but it's like, wow, like anything is possible. You know, like a thought in my head was born and through hard work, perseverance, and like a little bit of luck, like I was able to, you know, make this thing like a, a living, breathing thing. And it's still around. Like Hall of Fame is still around, by the way, uh, yeah. directed by someone else. Um, but uh, yeah, still around. So it's, it's great. Oh, that's, that's big, man. Um, what would be a dream opportunity for you? Wow. Um, honestly, like low key, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of living it a little bit. If I'm being super honest, like I thought like in my, at one point when I was training, I was like, man, it'd be dope to work with like all the big choreographers in the industry and like really spread information about health wellness and try to help them improve their craft. And like, in a weird way, like I'm, I'm kind of doing it. And I like, it's, it's pretty amazing to be able to do that. But like, I'm always like thinking ahead and like thinking of the next step. So like my next step would be to open a space in which dancers come specifically for that purpose yeah. and other people too, you know, but I'm just speaking in the realm of dance because like, it's what I relate to the most. And uh, yeah, man, that'd be like a dream opportunity in, in itself. Dope. And to get like sponsored by Nike or some shit like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's big. That's big. Um, if money wasn't a factor, what would you be doing with the rest of your life? Oh man. I would still train like, you know, maybe not as much, not as much. Obviously I would train travel, you know, um, spend a lot of time with my girlfriend and my dog. Uh, that's what I'd be doing. You know, 
That's so you're it. basically you're basically almost there, man. You're almost, oh, you know, almost you're on the there, right bro. track. You're on the right track. Almost. Almost. Uh, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that one. Um, my biggest fear. Losing love, losing loved ones very close to me, even though that's like inevitable, you know, yeah. um, losing lo loved ones that are very close to me. Also like not being able to do this, like not being able to train, um, and not being happy in life, I guess, you know, that's my biggest fear. Um, but I feel like I'm doing all right, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, how will you know that you've made it? You know, I don't, I don't think that that is ever going to be known for me anyways, because I tend to be pretty hard on myself and I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? All right, tight. We did this like mm. next move, you know, tight, next move, which is good and bad, you know, good in the sense that if you're overly ambitious, you can really accomplish a lot of things. But if bad in the sense that like, maybe you're a little too hard on yourself sometimes mm. and you need to give yourself like that thumbs up and that like pat on the back. Like low key, like I go to therapy, actually. I go to therapy, like individual and couples therapy. But I'm a huge proponent of like therapy yeah. in general. Um, and so I like try to dissect these things and like figure out like, okay, what is the root cause of why I feel these things? And then try to um, implement the tools that I've learned through therapy so that when I feel an emotion, I don't just like feel that emotion and react. I like feel that emotion and I dissect okay, what's the actual cause? So it's a more strategic approach into um, understanding your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's good, man. It's really good. Um, less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? Less hate, more love, man. I'm going to keep that one simple. Classic. Classic. All right. What is your golden rule, your life mantra? Um, I feel like I have a couple, uh, probably one is I really feel like persistence in like any situation is the key ingredient to success because like you can hear no, like a million times, but like on that million and first time someone could tell you yes. Mm. And I really feel like that principle really applies towards like so many different aspects of life, regardless of the industry you're in. And you can even take, if, if you're not successful in your industry, take that principle and just try another industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just think like persistence and like trying to maintain an optimistic view is like probably some of the most important things uh, in life, in my opinion. I dig it, man. Yo, Carl, man, uh, first of all, thanks for hopping in. And uh, I know we went a little bit long, but um, all good, yeah, I, I mean, I love, these, I love these. Yeah, exactly. I love these types of conversations because they just kind of go. And, um, you know, in the, you know, I, I haven't known you for all that long, but the time that we have spent even from our training sessions to just, you know, being able to chop it up with you, um, being able to hop into the dancers or athletes to kind of, uh, you know, talk to your students to just kind of getting a better understanding of, um, 
not necessarily what it is that you do, because I think I, I get it, but then why you do it. And I think that's the more important thing. And I think um, as I'm hearing you talk, there's a lot in your, in your mindset that, um, that I get now why you find um, just the different aspects of health holistically, you know, why you value each thing so much. And, um, and I think there's so much to be learned and gained from, um, you know, being able to just interact with you. And I think, you know, uh, you know, even talking about the dancers or athlete program to even getting in personal, personal sessions with you. I mean, I would highly recommend for anyone out there, dancer or not, you know, to, um, find, find that because I think, especially during this time, um, you know, we need to value health, uh, not to say that we didn't need to before, but maybe more so now in terms of like really focusing on it because it's so easy during a time like this to like really fall off or really to let, oh, yeah, or even, even just let the, the, the balance of those four pillars, like the balance can get easily thrown off. You know what I mean? Balance and, is everything, bro. Absolutely. So, you know, I love, um, you know, your mentality and, um, man, like it's cool to know that, you know, even just the way that you view, uh, success to, um, you know, like you're, you're living it, you know, you're living your dream. And, you know, of course there's always what's the next thing. And I think that's also kind of normal and healthy too, because, you know, you don't ever want to, um, get complacent, but you even recognize that like, Hey, if you, if you never allow yourself to enjoy the moment or, um, to give yourself some props, um, yeah, like you're, you're depriving yourself of something that, you know, you can easily receive if you just allow yourself to. So I think that's also really, um, healthy and important. And, um, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked to see, you know, I already know like from, you know, our relationship here to, you know, as we were talking earlier, like how we intend to expand, um, our business and our reach and the way that we want to get creative in different fields, um, you know, we, uh, we're going to very much interact on that level a lot too. So I'm really stoked about that. So, um, that, man. thank you for hopping in and, and sharing. Um, is there anything, uh, how can people follow you? Uh, where can they find the latest news on what's going on in the world of Carl? Yeah, of course, man. Uh, you can follow uh, both movement society on Instagram, just at movement society. And also my personal Instagram at, uh, Carl with a K. K-A-R-L dot F-L-R-S um, just on Instagram. And uh, yeah, man, be on the lookout for our Dancers or Athletes program. Beta class, we're taking applications now. Um, and I'm running that program with two other amazing coaches. Uh, one is a physical therapist and a strength coach by the name of Miguel Almario. Also used to be a dancer. Does amazing work. Second coach is uh, Tanya Wynn, an amazing strength coach as well. And uh, we all used to dance, and so we put together this program to help individuals and dancers become better at the craft. Uh, and so accepting applications now, please reach out if you're interested. But we only have 30 slots. Ten of those slots are filled already. So, you know, it's going to be a fun program. Word. Shout out Miguel and Tanya. Get those applications in, you guys. Um, folks, thank you so much for watching and or listening. Um, if you find this episode to be valuable or entertaining, all we ask that you do is take a screenshot of your phone. Let us know that you're listening. Tag us, Kinjas Podcast, Cast with the K. We're on IG, Twitter, Facebook, and all that. 
And if you really dig what we're doing, hop on to Apple's podcast, leave us a five-star rating, write us a review, let us know what we're doing well, uh, what guests you want to have on uh, or list or for us to have on. And uh, yeah, just let us know what's going on in your lives and uh, appreciate you guys listening and stay safe out there. Stay healthy, you guys. You know, we're, we're all trying to figure it out here. You know, this conversation is straight up an exchange of information so that we can help each other out. Hopefully we're helping you guys out and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Kids are blind.